Real estate investing was once out of reach for many of us, but not so much anymore. Today, we're talking with Mariana Silva, local realtor, real estate investor, and owner of Invest Realty Group on the strategies she's used to build her impressive real estate portfolio and how you can too. Stay tuned. You're listening to Triangle's Making Money Personal Podcast, where we engage in real talk about financial matters that affect our community. Today's episode is sponsored by Triangle Credit Union, recently voted Best Credit Union in New Hampshire. Marietta, welcome back. We are so happy to have you here today. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure being here. (laughs) You were on the show not too long ago, and both Liz and I just... We, we fell in love with your energy. We fell in love with the value that you brought to the other podcasts that we did. And then um, as soon as we were done, we were like, we've got to do something more with you just in terms of the knowledge base that you have um, on the real estate market here in Southern New Hampshire and Massachusetts and your own um, accomplishments as a real estate investor. So we are so happy to pick your brain today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. You know, and hopefully... <laughs> Uh, her husband's listening. Again. <laughs> yes, yes. For those who missed the last episode, we were talking about her husband not wanting to invest in real estate. So, hey, great opportunity to be listening to us right now. <laughs> I'll twist his arm one of these days. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Calling him out. That's wonderful. Um, so, you know, you did... You have been on the show before, but let's um, just take a, a step back a little bit um, and, you know, just talk a little bit about yourself um, and about your journey on buying real estate um, in this area. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Mariana Silva. I am a local agent. I also own Invest Realty Group, and uh, my passion is real estate. I wake up, I go to sleep, I breathe real estate every <laughs> single day. <laughs> So I am definitely the person that you want to be talking to. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to be focusing more on the investing part of real estate, how it is easy and doable to actually invest and have some passive income Mm. from real estate. Mm. Awesome. That's wonderful. Very good. Mariana, how did you get into investing, real estate investing? Okay. So how did I get to investing? Uh, my husband has been in real estate since 2002. He was actually, uh, he had his master's in biochemistry. He hated the field and he had a friend who was doing really well in real estate. He's like, Albert, you should really come to real estate. He's like, sure, why not? You know, and we paid the tuition for a long time after that. But anyways, <laughs> and he was young, making a lot of money, you know, back in 2003, mm-hmm. 2004, people were selling houses like they were selling water bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was making a lot of money and he was doing what most young people do when they make a lot of money. He was spending it all. <laughs> so, and that's very common, you know. Yeah. Even nowadays, I see a lot of young people making a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing with the money? So, back to us, uh, he made a lot, a lot of money. And comes 2008, the market crashed. And when I looked at, at him, I mean, this guy who made all that money did mm. not have anything saved. Why? Because wow. he had boats, he had houses, he had 
not not investment houses you know he needed he was a single guy back in the day so he needed to have the big bachelor pad and pool, <laughs> jacuzzi <laughs> and all those bedrooms and he had multiple cars a motorcycle wow. a boat a jet ski because that's what most young people do you know mm-hmm. um and when we got married i know he was completely broke i sat down with him i'm like i don't mind you know uh but i do have one request I don't like death. I don't like own people, anything. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sell everything Mm -hmm. that we both have, sell everything and start from zero, start from scratch. You know, we do what we got to do. And that's exactly what we did. And our first property, you know, had to be a multifamily. It was in Manchester. And I remember for the longest time, he was kind of embarrassed uh, of Mm -hmm. like bringing his friends over because, you know, oh my gosh, this guy went from that big gigantic house to living in a multifamily Manchester. Mm-hmm. And and what I always told him is, it doesn't matter where we are now, I know where we're heading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could care less what people were thinking of us. Mm-hmm. I had a plan and we, we both had a plan together. And what I told him is, okay, we learned from a mistake. Imagine if you had invest investment properties, you know, we could be making money with rent, even though yeah. we were not selling houses anymore. Mm-hmm. We could still be having that monthly income, but we didn't. Uh, so what we decided was I was, you know, working, uh, for a short period of time. He had to get a second job because once again, real estate was just, was not selling. Nobody was getting pre-approved. And what I told him is, okay, so whenever we do get a commission check from real estate, we are saving. It's like that money does not exist until we have enough saved up so we can buy a second property. And for the longest time, that's what we did. We lived on one income and the other income was mainly just to invest Oh, you know, putting the money on the side. And that's that's what I learned. I'm like, okay, we need to have a certain amount of passive income. So I don't care what the market throws at us in the future. We will never be broke ever again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's awesome. So what, what year would you say that, so what year did you get married? 2008. 2008. Okay. Oh, wow. So you accepted him right in the middle of all of that. That is like true love, girl. That's true love. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, because we hear about passive income. I mean, that's mm-hmm. trending. And I don't even know if it's a trend because it's been going on now for years, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so did you identify your strategy as passive income back then? I mean, was that even part of were people using the word passive income at that point or you were just thinking of this is what we need to do to make sure that we are um protected for future economic downturns right so right and i don't even think that we were thinking passive income what i did know 100 percent sure we needed a second form of income mm-hmm. that was consistent mm-hmm. um and owning our own business you know everyone who's listening to us who owns their own business they know one month we can make a lot of money, next month not so much. I mean, we saw COVID, yeah. uh, what happened to a yeah. lot of business and construction workers during winter time, it's, it's their d- downtime. Mm-hmm. So what I had in mind was we need a second form of income um, just not to depend on any sales, you know? And being a, a real estate agent, I actually learned that that makes me the best agent I can be because I don't need a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I don't need to make a commission. I can be truthful to my buyer. You know, I I, I, I mm. walk in all the time and tell them, listen, do not put an offer. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, 
And I know a lot of people there have not invested in real estate. And even the past few years, that's something that I also teach to my agents, the, the agents that work with our company. If you, you know, a lot of people, they were making a lot of money the past few years. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, make sure that you take a percentage of the money that you're making to invest. You yes. want to make sure that that money is working for you. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I have learned, um, and then it, it's tough because I remember after first investment property, and then comes first of the month, you start receiving that rent payment. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of becomes addictive a little. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're like, ooh, hold on. If I save up this much, I can have another property, and then it's going to be more tenants paying me rent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it got to a point where every time I wanted to do something that would cost us monthly, um, I'm like, okay, instead of doing this, let me save up. I want a, another house that m- will make me enough money. Um, mm-hmm. So I can actually make that expense, you know, example. So I wanted my kids to go to private school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so private school is going to cost me $2,000 a month. I need another property that's going to give me $2,000 a month. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's an amazing. I think that that's how we even came on to this last time. Yeah. It was like you were, you were talking about how to, um, how to look at properties as um, an income, you know, income generating to the point mm-hmm. where it's like you can... Um, cover your yeah, monthly you offset expenses, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. A lot of people they they focus just on the liabilities, you know. Mm. Um, okay, oh, I'm I'm making extra money, so let me go get a brand new car. Oh, I'm yeah. getting extra money, so let me st- I'm gonna start flying first class. Yes. Yeah. And they they're forgetting to think there is a future out there. Right. You know, what are you mm. doing for you tomorrow? Right. Um, and I'm a true believer. You know, nowadays. Um, I do have some clients who invest in the stock market, for example. Mm-hmm. Good for them if they know how to do if they're still being profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to invest in real estate, and I think it's very uh, reliable. And even when the market crashed, that was one thing that never went down was rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys follow, but you know, rent around here in Nashville, for example, uh, back in 2008 when people were losing their houses, they needed a place to live. Right. Yeah. So what happened to the rent amount back then? It was going up because yeah. the demand was so great. So even yeah. nowadays, you know, the rent, I have never seen, you know, a landlord calling the tenant and say, hey, starting next month, your rent's going to be $500 lower. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, let me ask you, though, a, a question. We, you know, it seems like we're all identifying still with the COVID, the mm-hmm. pandemic. Did you suffer any during the pandemic? I It seems to me like, and maybe I'm, I could be, this was hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. But if people couldn't pay their rent, mm-hmm. did that end up hurting you at all? Or was there some type of government intervention about rent and stuff like that? I did have a few tenants uh, that they got some sort of assistance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had different types of assistance for people in need. Okay. Uh, they had help from the state. They had help from like local organizations. Um I did have a couple of tenants that were, you know, taking advantage of the system. I know they were mm-hmm. working and then they started being late. I'm like, hold on. You've been my tenant for eight years. You have never been late on rent. What's happening? Oh, Mariana, a friend of mine is getting this assistance, but I will only qualify if I'm more than two months late. Yeah. Oh. So he, she had to be late in order for her to qualify for the program. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. But uh, anyways, you know, at the end of the day, they were paying the, the back rent and plus. Mm-hmm. 
So I did not lose any money uh, with any tenants, um, mainly because there were a lot of assistance from the government. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So how many properties total do you have? You started in 08 with one, right? Yes. How many have Um, you built up Right now, I have a total of 19 tenants, 19 families. Yeah. Very cool. Now, the good thing about that is with 2008, when everything, all the prices went down, right? So you had a good opportunity to buy these properties. I know. I wish I had bought some more, but again, I was broke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you did the right thing. You saved and then you again. (laughs) I I told my husband the other day, imagine if we, you know, if we could afford what we can now back in the day. Oh my gosh, I'll be the next Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Mariana starts her own town. Yeah, right, right. But what I feel like it's important for you to start whenever you can start. You know, yeah. don't let the market dictate, oh, now it's a good time. Now it's a bad time. What works for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we had to do things low for a long period of time. And I mean, and we were living paycheck to paycheck. We were struggling. But uh, once again, we were also saving because I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what differentiate, you know, people who keeps making excuses. Oh, I can't because I don't make enough. Right. Well, how much are you spending? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you will be amazed. Um. I mean, I see clients all the time. I see clients who are making over $200,000 a year, but yeah, they have less than $10,000 in the savings account. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on with this? Right. But then they're leaving like a person who makes $400,000 a year. Hmm. So that's, yeah. um, and I don't know, I was talking to my husband the other day, you know, luckily for us, um, social media wasn't very popular back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it is now. <laughs> And it's very trendy for people now to spend more than what they can afford so they can show to their friends on social media. Right. Yeah. Right. They no, flex, no, right? They're trying yeah. to like. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. no, I, I refuse to pay $400 piece of steak just to post it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be gone in 30 minutes, no, absolutely right? absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It gets to a point where people have to realize you are the only person responsible for your future. Yeah. You know, you cannot. You cannot rely, oh, okay, I'm going to show off to people. I'm flying first class. I'm like, I'm not paying $7,000 for a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that's one that's going towards my next house. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. Um, Maria, I, to follow up on that, I do want to know, like, what is your typical strategy in terms of finding the right investment property? And then how much money do you typically, if you don't mind me asking, how much money do you try to typically put down on a new home or on a new investment? Mm, yeah. So there are different, the strategy that we use when looking at investment properties, what the cap rate will be, okay. which is the return that you're going to have for the investment. So we put the purchase price minus the expenses to see how much net you're going to be getting from that property. Okay. Um, and like I mentioned before, it's very important for you to remember that rents keep going up. Mm. So my cap rate of a few houses that start at 7%, now they're 15%. Mm-hmm. But once again, because the rent went up, that's one of the things that you have to look at as an investor. Mm. Uh, the other thing too, there are so many things that you have to look when you actually buy an investment property. So first, if you're an investor, you have to put a minimum of 25% uh, down payment. That's for most houses. Except if you don't already have a home, you can start off just like me, you know, living on a multifamily. Mm-hmm. So I decided back in the day, okay, we're gonna live in one unit and rent out the others until we can save enough money so we can purchase our next property. Right. So when people do this, they would qualify for a financing 
uh, called FHA, which they can purchase a house which has little as 3.5% down. Mm-hmm. So like you can buy a three family house putting only 3.5% down. Uh, for the investors, on the other hand, I have all sort of investors. I have some investors that they prefer buying smaller condo units. Um, the condo units, they usually want to get paying all cash, not financing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, I just had a client this past weekend. He was uh, buying an apartment that was $200,000. The rent for the apartment is about $2,000 a month. After he pays the condo fee, the taxes, his expenses, he's going to be netting $1,500 a month. Mm-hmm. And once again, I don't know of any other form of investment you can where you can leave $200,000, get $1,500 net a month, and still take advantage of the appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so there are different types. Um, and then I also have the investors who are financing putting 25% down. Mm. One trick that I have always done with my properties um, the way I look at it. So I am not ready to retire. I love what I do. <laughs> so I don't spend the money that I actually make on most of the investment properties. So what do I do? So if I finance the property and let's say it's netting me one multifamily, it's netting me $1,000. Let's keep an easy number. So what I do is I keep $300 on the bank mm-hmm. every month and that money is going to be used towards maintenance, you know, maintenance, repairs, anything needed. In. And then the additional 700, you can pay towards the principal of the house. Mm. So this way you pay your house much sooner than the 30 years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they that are paying 11 years, 15 years. And that's my goal to have all the properties paid off by the time I retire. Mm-hmm. So this way, obviously the income is going to be greater. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's another mistake that I see, you know, every now and then I have an investor. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm making, you know, $1,500 a month on this property. It's like one Louis Vuitton bag every month. I'm like, oh, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what the properties are for. (laughs) So, um, it's a good strategy. So like I said, you know, by leaving the $300 a month, it might not sound like a lot of money, but it's 3,600 every year. Right. Right. So yeah. let's say if, oh my gosh, you know, the water heater needs to be replaced. That's just $1,200. Mm-hmm. Do I ever get money out of pocket to pay for anything? No, I do not. Mm-hmm. Because I leave that cushion, that little reserves in the bank for whenever the property needs repairs. Yeah. Right. And there's like, that money just keeps growing. Sometimes yeah. the property doesn't need anything. And I look like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Thank you for uh, keeping that a, an easy number because I can actually do a percentage on a thousand. So, mm-hmm. is your is your maintenance typically? Do you try and do about thirty uh, percent as a maintenance? You know, keeping that in like a what we would call a sinking, like a sinking fund, fund or something like that. Is that your general? Yeah. So trip? I usually leave thirty percent, and from what I have found, the repairs are always much lesser than that. Yeah. Hmm. And what I do is. Remember how I was saying how the money keeps growing? Yes. So <laughs> as the money increases on the on the account, sometimes I'll do an improvement that will increase the value of the property. That's good. So like nice. I had a, a property, this one, and I saw the bank account. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of money. That's enough. I wanted to do like a, a, a triple decker, yeah. a little decker for all units because yep. I know that will increase a little bit of mm-hmm. the value as well. So I spend that money that was sitting there to do improvements on the property. Okay. So that's what I usually do. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. great. That is great. So that was going to be one of my questions was maintenance. The other question that um, which you 
pretty much answered. You set aside money for maintenance and repairs. Um, one of my other questions is about like tenants. So do you vet your tenants when you when they approach you about renting the property? Were they already in the property when you purchased it? How do you go about finding tenants that you know are going to be reliably, you know, consistent with their payments? No, you don't. <laughs> okay, okay. I didn't know if there's the strategy here because that's one of the anxieties people get when they think about yes. rental properties. I have learned a lot from my past mistakes. Mm-hmm. And what I do, I pass along my experience to all of my clients. You know, mm-hmm. like, don't do this. I did that when I first started. It was a bad decision. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, speaking of having the tenants at a property that you're purchasing, it's not uncommon. Mainly because if you're a landlord, if you own investment property, you're not going to leave it vacant to put it up for sale. You're losing money every month that the property is vacant. So most of the time, especially nowadays with multiple offer situations, the tenant comes with the property. Um, And New Hampshire, it's an amazing state to protect the landlord. I think it's Mm -hmm. a very fair state. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So I've been having tenants now for over 15 years. And I just needed to do my very first eviction last month, mm-hmm. like ever. Whoa. Yes. And Ooh. it was so easy. I couldn't believe it. It was like the easiest thing ever. So I filed huh. the paperwork myself. I did not hire an attorney. Filed the paperwork myself. I went to the court. Uh, they scheduled a hearing. They sent me the paperwork. I went in front of the judge uh, with a tenant. We decided they gave him 20 days to move out. And I was okay with that. And the tenant was out. Oh, hmm. that's good. I'm like, oh my Whoa. goodness, amazing. <laughs> that is good. That is so good. a few things that I have learned, you know, I know a lot of places, especially big uh, apartment buildings, they are requiring tenant to now have perfect credit score. They are like, I saw a few like, of the new ones in the area, like in Merrimack and Nashua, oh, yeah. where they want the tenant to have on a credit score of above 700. They need to prove uh, proof of income of four times the amount of the rent. And I'm like, those people should be buying a house. Not That's right. Exactly. right. <laughs> like, don't rent, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, my gosh. So, uh, huh. One of the things that I have learned from past experience, you know, I, I'm i okay if you don't have perfect credit. Things happen, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you're renting, it's probably because you don't make the four times the amount of the rent. And it's probably because you don't have the perfect credit. What I do check, however, I actually learned that, we, you know, a seasoned investor that I know. And he said, Mariana, listen, forget about all those apps that screen the tenants for you. You know, they're checking for credit score, but it could be that the person never lived on their own before. Right. It mm-hmm. could be that they never paid rent on their own before. So yeah. they don't know how that's like. So what I usually require people is I usually ask them, how do you pay rent nowadays? Oh, that's good. And hmm. a lot of people, they say, oh, I submit a check. I do wire transfer or I do Vemo, PayPal. And I asked them, okay, would you mind please showing me the proof of the last 12 months of uh, rent payment? Hmm. I actually good. just had a, a, a unit that vacated this week from that unit that I evicted. <laughs> <laughs> and this past week, um, I selected a tenant. Like, it was, it was crazy. I put it up for rent. I had literally 17 applications from one night of showing. Yeah. Whoa. I know. <gasps> wow. And, like, I feel so bad. I have, like, all these people bagging oh. because it was a three-bedroom. Yeah. And I guess that not many three bedrooms available in the area and all these applications and people like, what can I do? I really want the place. I'm like, oh, so literally that's, you know, what I went by. I asked the guy, how do you pay rent? Can you send me a proof? And he sent me like little the screenshots of the wire transfer every month. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy pays every month on the first never failed. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. 
That's so um, there are a few hmm. tricks, you know, that we usually pass along to a clients that I find it very helpful. Yeah. That's huh. awesome. Good. Very cool. Hey, we're going to just take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and then we'll be right back. Do you still get paper checks to deposit but don't want to wait in long lines at the bank? Stay home and deposit your check using remote check deposit. Log into the Triangle mobile app or your online banking to get started. It makes depositing a check as easy as following the endorsement instructions and taking a couple of photos. With a few final taps of your finger or clicks of your mouse, your check will be on its way to your account. Don't stress over the hassle of running to the bank for a single deposit. Save fuel and the time by using remote check deposit through the Triangle mobile app. Register now and try it out. Visit trianglecu.org for details. Okay, and we're back. So, Maria, um, I do have um, a f- kind of a couple of follow-up questions. I know that in the past, like when you came in before, you can just tell that um, you're a risk taker. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just one, there's like, not, you look at you and you're like, okay, risk taker. <laughs> I am not a risk taker. Do you have to have that in you in order to be an a real estate investor like you know could you just say terry just don't don't even think about doing it because you you won't ever be successful in it or or so i hope my husband is listening to this because <laughs> he tells me i'm the most conservative person on planet earth really yes really? he's the risk taker okay and we have lost a lot of opportunities because mm-hmm. i am huh. very conservative okay super huh. conservative i don't go into a property unless i know that's going to be you know uh an easy property to manage, an easy property to find tenants. Um, and there are few areas, like there are few cities, towns per se, where the properties are very cheap. And he's like, Mariano, we can go there. It's going to be the next boom. Yes. And th- there were a few places that I'm like, oh, I should have listened to him. You mm. know, but back in the day, I mean, the numbers did not make sense, but right. I should have listened mm. to him. Yeah. He's the risk taker. Okay. You know, um, mm. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Um, even now, like that was an apartment building for like 80 units. He's like, Mariana, we should do it. And I was like looking at the numbers. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> I am a chicken. I'm not doing it because, <laughs> you know, I didn't agree with the location. And I thought that was going to be more headaches than um, than what it was worth. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm very con- So you can still be investor and be conservative. Okay. Hmm. You know, you don't have to be like, okay, oh my gosh, I have to be this crazy risk taker person in order for me to start making passive income. Absolutely not. Okay. Hmm. Uh, among investment, there are so many levels, um, types of real estate that you can invest in. Okay. And there are things that are very high risk. And there are things that's more conservatives. I tend to stay with the more conservative ones. Mm-hmm. So even per se, if I'm looking at a property to purchase, I will look at how long has the tenants been there for. I look at the area, you know, is this an area that a typical nice family would move into? I look, you know, at everything. There is a little research that I do regarding the neighborhoods, about the schools, about everything else, because I find that's a very conservative move of investment. Right. So I am buying, yes. Am I buying on a crazy place where I know that, you know, it's going to be difficult? No. Mm-hmm. If I did, I could actually buy something that would give me a higher profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, even this past weekend, I was showing houses to a couple of investors. And one of them, he's like, oh, Mariana, look at this one. The number is amazing. I'm like, it sounds amazing on the paper. But let me tell you, I know exactly where the neighborhood is. And mm-hmm. I will not purchase a house there. Mm-hmm. And I told him, you know, you will get more profit, but it's a higher risk. Mm-hmm. You know, if 
the vacancy rate on those plays a little bit higher because when a tenant does get out, it's a little bit harder to rent. Mm -hmm. So he would make more money, but it was a higher risk. Okay. Hmm. So there, you know, don't worry about it. Give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) You can still invest and be safe. (laughs) That's great advice because I'm like Terry. I'm not so much a risk taker. I'm very like... I, I, I'm, there's so many details that I need to know before I make one step forward. Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging to hear that you can do these kinds of things yeah. with the right motions, with the, right. doing the right research. Yeah. And that led me to one of my other questions I was going to have. When you're looking at an area, like mm-hmm. a, a location, what are the specific things you look for and how do you do that? Do you, do you walk the area yourself? Do you call up people in the area? Like, how do you find that out if it's an area you're not super familiar with? Well... It's not fair question because I am a real estate agent and I show oh, houses seven days a week. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I would be in a lot of trouble if I did not know the areas. <laughs> but for someone who may not be, like, what do you recommend they look work into? with someone who actually knows the area where you're looking to invest. You okay. know, trust the real estate agent. Um, if I have a toothache, I'm going to go to a dentist that I trust because that's what he does day in, day out. So my advice to you, don't try to be the expert. You know, if, if you're a banker, be an expert at being a banker Mm -hmm. and work with a real estate agent who is local, who knows the area and who's going to be honest with the transaction. Nice. That is awesome. So what I really, you know, what I'm, and, and again, Maria, I'm so glad that you're on because one thing that, um, is really resonating with me is that you know, if if my husband and I wanted to get into this, this is a phone call to you that says, you know, Marianne, this is the amount of money that I have. Mm-hmm. You know me now. We've met a couple of times. You know that I'm more conservative. What options do I have as a real estate investor? And then you get to use your expertise and walk me through that process, which yes. I, you know, I mean, that. I think I was more along the lines of what you were thinking, Lizzie, is that you have to do all of this stuff yourself. And that's not our role. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I got to say, you know, my first property, I did do a lot of things myself. Oh, my gosh. I learned like I learned how to install floors because back in the day, remember the first house, we were broke. We had no zero money in the bank. Um, So we had to learn how to do a lot of stuff. Nowadays, I barely go to any properties. Why? Because every area where I own, I know a handyman person, I know an electrician, I know a plumber. So if Mm -hmm. I'm in Mexico on my vacation and someone calls, hey, Mariana, the toilet is leaking. I'll call my plumber, say, hey, can you please go there? And I'll Venmo him the payment. Mm -hmm. So nowadays things are so much easier. Right. And Mm -hmm. what I, you know, when you first meet with your real estate agent, you know, you should have a little interview to see what works for you. Mm. So mm. I had this new client who just called me like this past weekend. He was he was already in the process. He wasn't too happy. He didn't think he was getting uh, the attention or the knowledge that he needed it. And he was referred by a client that buys a lot of stuff from me. And I met him and he's like, yeah, I'm looking, you know, I want a, a property that's at least like four or five units. And I met with him and he's like, I'm like, okay, so do you live in the area? He's like, no, I live far away. I'm like, okay. Um, he is a software engineer who knows nothing about properties. He lives in a condo. And I'm like, a four to five units will be too much for you, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, I if I were you, and that's his first investment property. Yeah. That's that's not where I would start. That's not where I would recommend you to go. Mm-hmm. He's like, really? Because I thought that was the best. I'm like, well, again, 
you have to see work what works for you mm-hmm. not because you watch some youtube of some guy saying you should buy a 10 unit property that does not mean that it works for you right so and what we did he he bought the apartment that we're talking about which was an apartment in having condos to a lot of people who are not handy the the profit margin you know if you're financing it's not the best but once again um any issue they have like the condos that i own if they have an issue with snow they're gonna call the condo mm-hmm. if they have an issue with a neighbor being loud they're gonna call the condo mm-hmm. if they have a problem with you know outdoor maintenance they're gonna call the condo so it's pretty much like headache free like right. you, i mm-hmm. get like pretty much zero calls from my tenant yeah um so it's very important to look at the client's profile and to see what will fit him better mm-hmm. right right that's awesome mm-hmm. um this was another thought that came to me too when people talk about investment properties and real estate sometimes they go into the airbnb world what are your thoughts on renting for airbnb versus renting for you know tenants where yeah. they're monthly so I'm glad nobody could see me rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and if you weren't going to say anything, I was going to point it out. <laughs> so uh, Airbnb, you know, and like I said, remember how we're just talking? Some people are big risk takers. Yeah. Some people are very conservative. It depends on your profile. If you're a risk taker, yes, you're going to go to those meetings. They're going to tell you that you're going to make $20,000 a month. You can just buy one property and make the $20,000 a month. That's great. Go for it. You know, (laughs) is it for me, myself? No. Uh, And the reason is, you know, when you have a long-term tenant, it's more predictable. Mm. So you know exactly how much money you're going to be making. You know how much money you're going to be spending. You, You can foresee, you know, everything regarding that property. When it's Airbnb, like I had a lot of clients, Orlando was like big, Mm. right? A couple of years ago, like three years ago, everybody was like, oh my gosh, Orlando, I got investing in Orlando Airbnbs. And a lot of people did. And I don't know if you guys have been to Orlando lately, but all they have now is new construction with Airbnb vacation homes. Oh, okay. So now the supply is so much greater than the demand. Like mm-hmm. if you go oh. on or on like Airbnb right now and search Orlando, you're probably gonna have like a thousand options. Mm-hmm. Which means the demander, uh, demand has gone down, the value has gone down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the way I look at it, you know, every now and then I have clients that say, Hey Marianne, I'm thinking about getting an Airbnb at Lake Winnipesaukee. If the way I look at it, so if you can afford a vacation home, you know, if that's on your plan. So let's say you call me and you actually wanted to enjoy with your family. Say, Mariana, we go there all the time. We spend a lot of money hotels, get that property. And then you can make some money with Airbnb along the way. Like as but a know, supplement. But know that yeah. you're going to be the person responsible for that mortgage. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, hmm. that's my opinion. I do, however, have a lot of clients who owns a lot of Airbnbs and they swear by it. And hmm. yeah, if you work for them, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do have a client that's serious about Airbnb, so uh, in Hyannis, we do have an office in Cape Cod as well. And Hyannis right now, it's becoming the hot spot to buy Airbnbs. Hmm. And what I do look, so when someone actually do want the Airbnb, uh, we look at the past year's um, reservation uh how much the airbnb so i tend to advise them to get a place who has already been airbnb before Mm -hmm. Uh, we look at the reviews online to see if it's a place with good reviews 
Uh, mm. We see what was the vacancy rate on them. So even if you do want, you know, I have learned to respect my clients' wishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My job is to be professional and do my homework. Yes. <laughs> you know, there could be some situations, um, especially when you're looking at a residential area, right, where they may not be compliant with Airbnb or if it's a homeowners association, they can't, you can't. Oh, there are a lot of like up in the Laconia Lake region. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of towns actually that Mm -hmm. don't allow Airbnb anymore. Wow. So like I said, it's very important, you know, whenever, whatever your goal is, communicate that with the agent that you're working with. Yes. Because has experienced local agents, we will know how to guide you. Right. Hmm. Um, The worst thing is when a client's planning something, but they're not telling us, you know, like, okay, Mariana, my family and I want to buy a... Uh, a house on the water. That's amazing. They don't tell you they want to Airbnb. Yeah. And then like you keep showing them house and then one day they're like, oh, you know, how much money do you think you, I can make him? Like, hold on. Are you buying this as your vacation home or because it's, it's different, you right. know, for us guiding you, it's a completely different look and search. Right. Hmm. Right. No, that's a good point. Um, I have some friends who have multi, like, I think they might have probably, I don't know, upwards of like 12, tenants and maybe three or four um home houses i would call like right so rental property um i'm not sure how they do this but would you suggest that for every house that you have it would be a different llc so it is recommended you know because then your liability is limited to that property okay but nowadays, there's so many types of insurance that you can get for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get the umbrella insurance, you get an extra policy for every property that you own. Um, I am amazed by how many clients have a lot of houses they don't even have a trust. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so I, I feel like it's it's a whole, it's an investment. It's it's a business. Right. You know, I treat every single property that I own like its own business. Right. So I ha- if I have a different business... You know, you should have different liability mm-hmm. for every single one of them, correct? Yep. yep. So yep. that's how you should look at it. Okay. It's the same thing, you know. I usually tell my clients, um, I'm a very friendly person, very super fair person. So, you know, you call me, I'll make sure I have someone in as soon as possible, max 24 hours. Uh, but I also, I don't become friends with my tenants, mm-hmm. you know, because you cannot. And I always tell people, I don't rent to friends. And the reason is mm-hmm. I have done it before and they're like, oh, Mariana, you know, I know you don't need the rent this month. So I can only pay you at the end because I'm doing this sweet 16 party for my for my girl. I'm like, <laughs> so you're not paying the rent because you have to throw your daughter an expensive sweet 16 party. No, that's not how you go. So, that's right. mm-hmm. you know, it's really separate things. You can still be friendly without being friend. Right. Um, and that's what I try to do, you know, and it's a business mm-hmm. and yeah. I feel like when you do that, people kind of respect you. It's a different way. Right. Yeah. Right. My heard- husband does not deal with any tenants, just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> he does not. <laughs> yeah. Is it because he has everybody, trouble? Everybody like- could live for free if they want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Marianne, you know, like, I remember that was this one person once and. I'm like, really? So she, whenever like something that they can't pay or anything, they, they used to call my husband because he's always like, oh, no problem. You pay whenever you can, you know, 
that kind of thing. Yeah. And I went on her Facebook, and she was on a vacation in Greece. <gasps> mm. I'm like, Albert, you just stole the tennis she could pay. <laughs> She's actually in Greece right now. <laughs> yeah, um, my father had a property once. It, it, he didn't buy it to rent it out, but he bought a property. He was approached by someone mm-hmm. to see if, you know, they could live there. And he's sympathetic and he's friendly and all of that. So he said yes. And it quickly fell, it quickly rolled into one of those scenarios where, you know, this month, hey, I don't think I'm going to be able to make my payments. And, and he's, you know, he's empathetic. So he really ended up getting pushed over a lot when it came mm-hmm. to those properties. So he would say flat out, he's like, I'm not made for this, you know, because he ended up selling the property because he, he just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, but I feel like it's all practice and, yeah. and training. Like when I when I get like a new investor, I do a lot of teaching. Yeah. And the reason is I am like, if you ask the people that works with me, I am the paperwork crazy person. Everything is on paperwork. If it's not on paperwork, they not happen. <laughs> So it doesn't matter the type of agreement that you have with a tenant, everything is written. Mm. Everything is on the contract. You know, if mm. there is any change at all to anything, it's going to be a contract for that and we're both gonna sign it. And yeah. if you don't follow the contract, I will send you a letter per the lease agreement, clause, blah, 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 paragraph X. It was agreeable that this was gonna happen. And I feel like when you act professional, people will respect you more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And he didn't have any of that stuff in place. Yeah, so that was part of the problem. Mm, which Poor dad. He should have yeah. called me. <laughs> I, he, he should have. Yeah. He should have. <laughs> yeah. And I do have a few clients who owns more investment properties. And they don't want to deal with tenants. And they put the houses on a property management. Mm. You know, it's not very uncommon. Hmm. Um, there are a few companies, local companies. Most of them, they charge about 10%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so if you don't want to deal with anything whatsoever, you're put on a property management. Mm-hmm. Is and that going to be your next move? Are you going to be a property manager? I, oh, for other people? Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. This is a new revenue stream for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like buying and selling. I like, I like representing buyers and sellers, you know. And um, there are a few companies. There are very good mm-hmm. local companies. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, first, what I tell people, try it out first. You'll be amazed, you know, once you actually get the gears going, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to maintain. Mm -hmm. Like, I have my little spreadsheet every month. I go in, people are paying. I just type it in the numbers, okay? Paid on time, paid on time, paid on time. Uh, Like I said, you need to have a circle of professionals in the area where you can trust. And you'll pay them, you know, immediately. And believe it or not, and a lot of the plumbers, handyman people, they go in, they do a service, they're like, hey, Mariana, this is going to be $300. Can I proceed? Yes. I Venmo them right there. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Mariana, I love working with you because you always pay right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, do people That's not huge. pay right away? Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So That's again, huge. you know, yeah. by being fair and professional, yeah. uh, you always have people to rely on. That's wow. awesome. Excellent. Mariana, you have been, again, an outstanding guest. We <laughs> so appreciate you uh, coming on today and sharing your knowledge with us. I feel like that we could go on and we on. Really but I, I'm looking we at really the time could. and I'm like, okay, we probably should wrap this up. <laughs> so, Liz, do you have some rapid yeah. fire? We'll do another rapid fire session. Ooh. Okay. I don't remember which ones Terry asked last time, I so forgive sorry. me if there are some duplicates here. <laughs> we but. just want to make sure that she's answering uh, consistently. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, this is a test. I wasn't aware. <laughs> okay. East Coast or West Coast? East. Cottage or cabin? Cabin. <laughs> I was going to say lake house. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it could fit. Uh, deck or patio? Deck. 
Uh, rock or hip hop? Hip hop. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Lake or beach? Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Biking or surfing? Surfing. Oh. oh that's a good one. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> no hesitation. Coffee or tea? Coffee. And vacation or staycation? Oh, vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I don't remember if any of those are duplicates, I, I, but we'll I have to go back. They and... might be all new. That was really good. Nice Whew. job. Mm-hmm. Well, nice job. Again, thank you so much, Mariana, for coming in. It's always a pleasure. We've yes, learned so you. much. Yeah, before we uh, sign off, we should actually ask uh, Mariana, is there some information oh, yes. that you would like to share in terms of how people can get a hold of you, phone number, email? Yes, uh, I'll be sh- happy to share my information, but I also like to tell you know everybody who is listening, um, go t- if you know someone who you trust who is a real estate agent and you know they're good at what they do they're already an investor go see someone mm-hmm. you know go mm-hmm. get a free consultation go talk to anyone if that's something that has crossed your mind if you have been thinking oh maybe i should sell that property and invest on something bigger or if you're thinking about investing on something um if you call me it's great but if you don't call me just go see someone who mm-hmm. is you know an o- honest professional uh, uh, my office, I have an office in Nashville, New Hampshire. I have one in Tewksbury. And my phone number is 603-438-4263. You guys can also follow me on Instagram. It's mariana.realtor. And I'll be happy to assist. But remember, you know, the first step, call someone. And mm-hmm. if something that you have been thinking of and just put it on the side, you don't pay anything to have a free consultation, talk to someone and see where it goes. Excellent. Fantastic. That's great. Again, thank you so much, Mariana. We really appreciate mm-hmm. you coming in today. Thank you for having me. Always Thanks. fun. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> Thanks again. That wraps up this episode of the Making Money Personal Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, we would love to hear from you. Email your thoughts about this show or any other ideas at tcupodcast at trianglecu.org. Thank you to all of our subscribers. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any new episodes or money tips. Thank you for listening and have a great day.